This is KCLR's Bottom Line. With thanks to the Carlo and Kilkenny Local Enterprise Offices for business, financial support and mentoring services. For more information, see localenterprise.ie. Good evening and welcome to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on KCLR. I'm Colin Ahern, standing in for John Purcell again this week, and I'll be here with you until 7pm. As always, our text line is 083-306-9696, and we'd love to hear from you. Coming up on the show this evening, I'll be talking with Marwena Cunningham, Dublin Bureau Chief at Bloomberg News, about some of the international business stories that have made the headlines over the last seven days. Ray O'Shaughnessy will join me in studio to tell us about his brand new website, tradelocal.ie, and why, if you're going to trade, then it's better to do it locally. Brian Kelly, CEO of innovative Kilkenny tech company MindaClient, on their journey so far and their new product called Wellbeing by MindaClient. And to close out tonight's show, John Hurley, CEO of Kilkenny Chamber of Commerce, and Rowena Dooley, Vice President of County Carlow Chamber of Commerce, will review the importance of St. Patrick's Day to our local economy and tell us about some of the upcoming business events in the region. All that and more between now and 7pm. But now on to tonight's show, and to get us started, I'm joined by Marwena Cunningham, Dublin Bureau Chief of Bloomberg News. Marwena, thank you for joining us. Hi, great to be here. Thanks so much for having me. The big news of the week has obviously been the fallout from Credit Suisse. Can you tell us the latest on that, please? Yeah, so we have been obviously watching very closely since earlier in the week we we saw Credit Suisse effectively being bought out by UBS, um, its Swiss banking rival, and then we've seen um, issues with bonds effectively not being honoured, and you know a lot of investors have obviously lost a lot of value that they had in the bank, so it has raised a lot of concerns mm. about the banking system more broadly, especially after we saw um, problems with um, Silicon Valley Bank, um, you know, very recently. Um, So I think it's taken a a bit of a shock to the system, um, but people have been there. You know, the the, um, authorities in both situations acted extremely quickly to um, try and limit the damage, and that has actually led to a considerable amount of reassurance in the market, you know, that we're not just seeing a replay of um, 2008. And we don't think that that there's going to be much of a contagion throughout the rest of the banking world. I mean, you know, you wouldn't, I wouldn't want to say definitively, but there is at least um, reasonable confidence that there are banks, and certainly looking at the Irish banks, you know, they are um, very liquid, they're very well capitalised, and of course the financial system is incredibly um, connected, so it's impossible for there not to be some impact. But, um, you know, we've, we've had Finance Minister um, Michael McGrath and CEOs of, of the banks, you know, trying to say, look, this isn't the same situation, we're in a good position, you know, the, the financial system is globally stable. Um, what we're seeing some impact of, though, is you know, investors being wary. Um, you know, we have seen the bank shares falling a lot, but you probably would expect that. Um, you know, we've got a story on Bloomberg today saying, you know, the investors in the Gulf are becoming cautious on bank deals that usually they'd be backing because people are just sort of waiting to see what happens and where this goes, I think. 
Okay. No, very interesting. And thank you for that. So, I mean, even, moving on to interest rates, even with them as high as they are in the UK, uh, I've, I saw there today that British inflation still rose to over 10% in February. Have the ECB given us any new indications of what's to come here? Yes, so there's been quite a few speakers uh, from the ECB governing board today and they are discussing, you know, whether there's a need for further tightening. Um, I think it's important to note that, you know, last week there was a half rate, uh, half point hike and it didn't cause um, much of a calamity. Uh, You know, there has been concern because of what's happening with the banks, which has been um, exacerbated by higher rates. Um, But we also saw the Fed um, raise rates and the the Bank of England as well. So that does seem to be a trend. Inflation is still high and a lot of the central bankers on the ECB board, you know, really are stressing that this is still their primary concern. Yeah, there's not going to be a, a lot of good news there um, in, in, in the near future, I think. And you told me earlier that you've just returned from Belfast. Can you tell me what the business sentiment is, is like up there around the agreement now with the Windsor framework? Yeah, so I think in, in Northern Ireland for a long time, what a, what a lot of businesses have wanted to see is some certainty and clarity, um, you know, as well as the issues that there've been with the Northern Irish Protocol, um, there are also some advantages and opportunities of being both in the single market, uh, the European single market, as well as being in the UK market. And there is a sense amongst quite a lot of businesses I've spoken to, they haven't really been able to capitalise on those advantages because people are still waiting to see what happens. Um, so yesterday, um, Rishi Sunak did manage to get the Stormont break aspects of the Windsor framework through Parliament, um, although the DUP did vote against it and have said that they won't be going back into the devolved assembly. So although that, it does progress things a little bit in terms of more more aspects being resolved, it you know senses that maybe they can't totally stand in the way. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, the fact that there is still no uh, government at Stormont or any immediate prospects of that being restored, you know, that in itself makes life difficult for businesses. Um, that in itself they feel is deterring, you know, some investment that they could be could be having, um, you know, and it just leaves a lot of things still unresolved. Yeah, there's no doubt there's a lot of multinationals <clears throat> and FTI that would uh, that would potentially look at it and think, you know, if there's not a not a sitting a sitting government as such, you know, it it may be maybe somewhere that we need to avoid for the time being. Right, exactly. And, and certainly that's the concern, you know, that, that they're missing out on opportunities that could, that could be there, um, just while people are, again, waiting to see. Okay. Well, look, thank you for that. And moving on then, um, I, I, I noticed that the financial app Revolut is to offer car insurance in Ireland. Yes, it is. So that is the latest move from Revolut. Um, and obviously that's a sort of fintech that's very popular in Ireland with bank accounts. And it's the sort of latest move into more mainstream areas, I I would say. Um, They recently started offering loans and also credit cards. And this year they gave customers in Ireland Irish IBAN numbers, whereas before um, they'd been, um, you know, 
European and Lithuanian. And so they are sort of really trying to establish a presence and they're um, moving into all these different markets. So I think it'll be interesting to see how, how they do and that, that yeah, car insurance is the latest. Yeah, no, it'll be very interesting. I mean, it, it, hasn't wor- it hasn't always worked out for us well before when non-traditional insurance companies have tried to enter the market. So we'll have to watch this space. Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, these things can always go go different ways. And look, personally, I'm not on TikTok, but across the water, the BBC has become the first major English language broadcasting firm to ask staff to remove TikTok from their company devices. Uh, Yes, they have. Um, There's been quite a lot of controversy um, regarding TikTok um, this week, in fact. Um, You also saw the UK government um, have demanded that their, um, you know, members of government do not use TikTok. So, and actually, I think today, CEO is having to testify in the US about their connections with China. Um, So, you know, the the ties, which is obviously what is... um, fueling a lot of the concern for, for both journalists and um, government officials about having it on their phones. Mm. Um, so I think, it, you know, that is something very closely to watch. It obviously, you know, it's hugely widespread. It's a very popular app that's used. Um, but, you know, but there's a lot of issues about data security there that we're only just really starting to look into properly and, you know, the connotations it could have for other apps as well, potentially in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, I read somewhere that, that the B BBC TikTok account itself has about 1.2 million uh, subscribers, so it'll be interesting to see how they <coughs> how, how they go with that. And then <coughs> um, news broke yesterday that recruitment company Indeed has to shed about 2,200 jobs globally, and quite a few in Ireland, unfortunately. Yes, so that is the, the latest in a series of job cuts. Um, we've seen uh, quite a few from the multinational tech centre. Um, tech sector. Um, I think it's now being reported that that's for about 400 um, from Indeed. Um, oh, no, oh, sorry, that's, um, I think, yeah, if, uh, so, you know, it's not a huge percentage, but it is um, still significant. And of course, that's in a sort of recruitment area. So that does send a message about the expectations for the jobs market going forward. We also saw today um, Accenture announced. Um, job losses as well and obviously Accenture um, the consulting company has a big presence here as well they do yeah um, and so that that's um, you know rather things actually the shares have, have risen um, so I think investors obviously felt that there was um you know, some capacity to be shed there. Um, but it does just add to a growing picture and unexpected further job losses. I think they're, they're slashing 19,000. And I think, yeah, that it's being reported that there's a um, percentage of that in Ireland as well. So um, it, it does seem to be a continuing theme. Um, it is, you know, concerning for Ireland, which is uh, quite dependent on big multinational firms, but um, you know there have been a lot of insurance from, assurance from government officials as well that you know we've got almost full employment here still, um, and so there are there is a lot of competition for jobs yeah. um, aside from these big headline figures. So I think it is a case of waiting to see what the sort of trickle down impact is there. Okay, and then finally, um, the government here have said that they're going to press ahead with plans to slash the maximum grant available to motorists who are buying EVs from five thousand to three hundred to three thousand five hundred. 
Yeah, so that is, that is quite a considerable reduction. I mean, it does seem to come on the back of the fact that last year um, there was an 81% increase in um, registrations. So it's obviously something they've been trying to promote and that has successfully worked. Um, and I think they must, you know, feel that now it's it's time to pull back a bit on on the grant. But obviously, that will impact some people's decisions. You know, these these cards aren't cheap. Yeah, no, absolutely. Listen, uh, Morwenna, thank you for taking the time to steer us through all that business news this evening. I really appreciate it. Oh no, thank you so much. That was Morwenna Cunningham. Dublin Bureau Chief at Bloomberg News. Join us after the break when I'll be talking to the founder of TradeLocal.ie, Ray O'Shaughnessy. KCLR, the bottom line. With thanks to the Carlo and Kilkenny Local Enterprise Offices for business financial supports and mentoring services. For more information, see localenterprise.ie. Welcome back to the bottom line. I'm Colin Ahern. I'm delighted to be joined now in studio by Ray O'Shaughnessy of TradeLocal.ie. Ray, you're very welcome. Hi, how are you? Great, thank you. First of all, tell us about your website and how you came to develop it. Oh, God. Um, I suppose the idea behind it or the vacuum behind it was, I suppose, my own personal experience from uh, a previous employment I had. Basically, we found that it was very hard to translate to local people exactly what you've done and exactly what your business offered. And we found that there was just so many mediums, you know, that we we found it hard to, t- not to target people, but to kind of translate to them exactly what we could help them out with. And no matter what we tried, we just couldn't better that at all. And uh, it was just basically off the back of that, we said, look, there has to be some kind of medium where businesses can communicate directly with their local population without interruption or without interference from, you know, outside parties, really. Yeah, no, and and look, obviously you'd built a a dozen websites before, had you? No, no, I didn't even, I didn't even went through the bad website we had in the previous company. So how did you start about, how how did you start about going about the whole process and setting up Trade Local? Uh, Ironically, I... uh, I had to rely on local people. So we visited a company in Bagnestown, in Market Square in Bagnestown, called Strategus. And uh, John Foy was the guy I met in there. And we kind of had the discussion about the the, the the idea behind the website. And basically, we've kind of worked together since then to kind of try make it what it is. Okay. What and, it's not. and like, there are... There are plenty of websites that people offer trades and, and communications. What's the unique selling point of tradelocal.ie? Yeah, what, we, what we've done is basically what we've done is we've incorporated the air code system. And what that does then is that takes the user's air code and it basically defines each and every advert and post within 30 kilometres of that air code. So the user will only see Adverts and updates and posts from businesses and, you know, classified adverts within 30 kilometers of their location. And the user has to put their air code in at the beginning of each session or does it remember where the person's from? If they register, which is free, uh, if they register, no, once they're in and logged in, every time they go in, their live feed, everything is all pre-calculated, so it's all there. So it all kind of fits in around the uh, around the whole sustainability side of things as well. Yeah, it was kind of something that we discussed as well that unfortunately again 
there's not really a medium for the lesser value items maybe to I won't even say sell them but to find someone that you know might make use of something that maybe you or I might might not want anymore Hmm. so we kind of said that look basically there's no item too small you never know who might want something you don't want and the only choice outside that is either pay to dump it and that causes more problems or you know maybe you might get 5 or 10 or 20 quid for it but someone else will use it and you'll have your money and you know yeah yeah so it's kind of you know it, it, if you hark back to years ago everything we done was by word of mouth or everything we were satisfied locally no matter what we done now we're just getting dragged left, right, centre, up, down. Yeah, no, there's this might focus. There's a lot to be said about it, and mm. and, and you know it's the sustainability thing. I, I was at a conference recently, and Dr. Tara Shine, who's a Kenny woman, a, a, an environmental scientist, said that the future, our future, depends on us protecting our location, our livelihoods, and our local communities. Um, and like your your website plays plays potentially a big role in that. You'd hope so. Yeah, you'd be hoping that that's what it will achieve. It that it might reintroduce local people to their local businesses. Do you know, that's that's kind of what you'd be hoping that you'd get from it at the end of the day. Yeah, there's no doubt that sustainability is becoming more of a uh, of a regulatory thing yeah, as opposed to a life choice. It's a concern that's going to knock on all our doors eventually, and maybe even at the moment. So, so your website does a little bit more than just offer goods and services. Um, looking through uh, from from what I can see, it's an ideal it's an ideal site for people look uh, offering jobs or people looking for work. Exactly. Yeah, we 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 put in a, a recruitment, jobs and training section. Um, again, some of the smaller job offerings, you know, that that that, that really only suit local people. There has to be a medium there for for those jobs to be offered to the people that are actually would be interested in that justifies going for those jobs. You know and that, that are, sort of way. And that are in the locality. And they're in the locality, yeah. Like I'm sure we all know someone that spends an hour and a half in the car in the morning and an hour and a half in the car in the evening and you'd wonder if they seen something would they say to themselves Am I better off at home three hours a day than I am? Do you know if it's only fifteen minutes down the road yeah, it's a fair point. for a better quality of life. Do you know? Yeah, no, there's no doubt. And how long are you up and running and um and, and and how how busy is your app now and how busy is the website? Uh, we only launched last Sunday week, so we're really, wow. really, we're only a fetus at the moment. But um, look, traffic numbers are decent, considering. I was actually surprised at some of the traffic numbers we've had. Um, so look, so far so good, but it's like anything. It takes a bit of time for people to maybe understand exactly what, what the app can offer. So you kind of have to allow for that too. But look, all you can do is your best yeah absolutely try put it out there and hopefully people will benefit from it I'm sure they will and is it available to people all over the country it's we're only launching it in Carroll Kilkenny at the moment okay because it is only focused on giving information within a 30 kilometre radius of the user so it's the other thing about it is that obviously your air code your trade local is going to show you different stuff than my trade local Mm. so your basically your app will be bespoke to you mine will be bespoke to me so it's to like I say reintroduce people to what's around them and remind them of that 
you know, it's very interesting. And so tell me then, um, uh, how does it work if I want to list my business or if I want to search for local businesses? It's very simple. You go on and you download the app, uh, register. You can either register as a private user or you can register your business. Either or has benefits. And once you're there and that done, you're done. You're free. Everything is free after that. And you browse and post and advertise to your heart's content after that. And do your best to re-engage with your locals that's basically the idea behind it Grand and finally then I suppose um, I know I know you've only started and I, I mentioned to you earlier on that you're that this is probably your first tech startup but um, have you plans for the future of the, uh, of the website and the company where where do you see it in five ten years time oh god look I suppose if, if, if you could get a good foundation in in, in uh, Carl Kilkenny you'd, you'd kind of cross that bridge where you come to it on the short term we are working on a podcast where we would go to local businesses and, you know, get get the owners of the local businesses to chat about, you know, introduce themselves to and tell us about what they do and bits and pieces like that. But no, baby steps at the moment now. We'll, 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 we'll take it as it comes. We're going to focus on Carl and Kenny for now and see where we go from there. Well, can I wish you every best, every bit of luck with it. Thank you for joining us, Ray. That website again is www.tradelocal.ie and it's well worth checking out. We're going to take a quick break now, but there's lots more to come, so don't go away. Carlo Kilkenny, KCLR. You're very welcome back to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on KCLR. I'm Colin O'Hearn. Now, last year the EU reported that the cost of stress in the workplace is estimated to be a whopping 20 billion annually. On top of that, recent surveys show that 45% of 18 to 34 year olds are planning to change job in the coming year, and one in three are proactively seeking employers who, priori- who prioritise wellness. And in, the, and in the employer space, 59% plan to increase their new hires this year. So, the benefits of having a healthy, engaged and well-being aware workplace have never been clearer. Mind a Client is a local tech company started 21 years ago with a view to helping business mind their staff, clients and sales. They recently launched a new product called Wellbeing by Mind a Client and earlier this week I met with their CEO, Brian Kelly, to find out more. I started by asking Brian for an overview of what his company does. Certainly, thanks, uh, Colin. Um, company started uh, 21 years ago, so we're around a long time in uh, uh, in tech terms. It's, uh, as you say, a lot of clients would see it as CRM, which is Customer Relationship Management, uh, managing of their, their, their clients there. But it's a, basically a client management system that can be used in many different sectors, uh, such a variety from plumbers and electricians recording the work they, that they do to people applying for scholarships in different, uh, uh, for different scholarships there. Um, but uh, just, I suppose, back to the way of starting the, the business 21 years ago, it was uh, myself and my colleague working working from home. So funny the way things go around. We're back working from home. We were for a while anyway during the pandemic for the couple of years. Um, we've uh, grown the company. To, we've nine employed at the moment there. And uh, we have, uh, have our mind a client in five different countries at this stage. That's phenomenal. Yeah, that's that, that that's unbelievable. And 21 years in, in, in the tech industry is a lifetime in some ways, isn't it? That's right. Um, before, in fact, before Mind a Client, I worked with another tech company. And I remember they had, at a Christmas party, they were giving out long service awards for people that had reached 18 months. <laughs> yeah, that's so, yeah, no, it is, uh, but it, it is a long time. All right. An awful lot has changed in the, you know, over the 21 years. Um, and, you know, C- CRM is very, I mean, for, for businesses that need to manage their, their, their clients, 
case, um, you know, it's always it's always cheaper to keep a client than, than, than to find a new one. A CRM is so important. In terms of, you know, CRM for, for education in schools, how does that work? We've uh, was working in various different industries. You'd be surprised how similar uh, things are. Um, for, for example, we worked with them um, with the ETBs uh, for um, education, but their profiling, what they, their clients are, being the people coming for uh, courses, education. So they're uh, recording their meetings with them, maybe the education guidance they've given them, what progress they've made, um, to fo- when to follow up with them, um, all of that there. So it's uh, in client management. So whether it's a, a hotel with their uh, returning clients or whether it's the um, an education institution who wants to uh, uh, put, uh, attract learners and manage them while they're there and check the progress. A lot of similarities across the sectors. And <clears throat> I mean, the, the the product has obviously developed hugely over the last uh, twenty one years. I mean, is 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 that by you listening to your customers in terms of what they're looking for, or is there a lot of innovation outside of that? Um, the first, to be honest, more so. Well, I suppose we're, we're applying the innovation uh, to, to meet the customer demands there. But um, I'd say a large uh, proportion of the enhancements, changes, um, uh, updates we would do are coming directly from requests from clients. Um, so. If we we're working within an industry, uh, some client requests something, it's more than likely going to be of good relevance to the other people within the same sector. So, um, yeah, the, and, uh, the, the, the client-led requests are the ones that uh, we find are the most, the most successful, all right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and then I also note that one of your arms or one, of your, one, one, one part of your business is scholarship management. Can you tell me how that works? Yes, um, that was a, a niche area we got into a few years ago. Um, there's a large scholarship provider called uh, the Fulbright uh, Commission. They provide scholarships um, and they have um, uh, commissions in around 50 different countries. It was the Irish one we started working with. So the, the steps would be people can apply for the um, a scholarship through Mind a Client. Then the, uh, the organisation can have people assessing the applications online, uh, recording details of the interviews, um, and um, then managing the the, the 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 students when they're successful and get their their award. So, for example, the Fulbright Commission in Ireland would award scholarships to people who are going to America. So then, because the system is all online, they can manage uh, the, the students while they're in America. The students can log in, record information, how they're progressing, etc. There, um, and a more local one there where we're doing the scholarships or grants. We work, we've been working with the Heritage Council of Ireland for the last um, uh, ten or eleven years. Um, so again, people applying for grants to them or scholarships or grants, um, they would have people, maybe heritage experts around Europe, being able to assess the applications and make decisions on, on them, again, all through the Mind the Client platform. Oh. <coughs> Incredible, incredibly diverse. And um, um, you've shown how the the, uh, the product can be used in so many different ways. It's amazing. Um, so you, you recently launched your, your new software, Wellbeing by Mind the Client. Can you tell us how that works and, and who your customers are? Certainly. Um it was a, the, the, the history of it was um, when we all had to go from go home and work from home during the pandemic. One of the challenges was keeping in touch with clients, um, uh, keeping them was motivated and uh, and uh, monitoring what's happening, etc. There. So while we did a lot ourselves and trying to, I suppose, keep um, maybe have digital tea breaks and things like that, and uh, there keep the uh, morale going, etc. Uh, we use our own system to um, allow the employees fill in information, maybe not just work-related information, but uh, other items, well-being items, etc. there. 
Another um, uh, approach was that we uh, we work with a lot of organisations in the um, in the not for profit uh, sector, such as Cushnore here in Kilkenny, and um, around twenty other cancer support centres around the country as well, and a number of counsellors. A lot of what they do is look after the well being of the of their clients uh, there. So again, feedback from the, the clients uh, gave us the idea for it and our own experience. So um, we developed a, a new product called Wellbeing, which we launched recently at the, the Chamber Chats in, in Kilkenny. The way it works is that um, uh, every employee in the, in the company would have access to a portal. They can access it on their computer or, or on their phone. They can fill in their information um, well-being, about their, their well-being. It may be uh, how they're feeling, how their work-life balance is, um, the, uh, some information about how their work is going. Um, coming from the idea with a lot of employers, they may do a, a one-to-one review with their employees once a year, once every six months or whatever like that, and just uh, genuinely talk to them there. So it's try, trying to fill the gap uh, between that, that the employee has uh, direct access to fill in information themselves and get feedback, to provide feedback directly to the, the employer. And it is, uh, on the other hand, there's so much uh, research has been done about the, the benefits of looking after the well-being of the uh, of the employees. Um, from quite, and, and, and there are a lot of benefits, I mean, especially with the current dynamic of the workforce. Isn't that right? Absolutely. It's, um, uh, as, as we all know, people can work from anywhere at the moment. Um, and uh, I suppose uh, keeping up... Uh, uh, employee morale, staff morale, um, retention of employees. If you're looking after them, it's uh, uh, better. They're much more likely. I think there are statistics there to show that they're much more likely to stay working with you and be more committed if you are looking after their well-being. So we're getting very good um, feedback and response from it all right at the moment. Yeah, and it's something that we all want. And I noted then as well that, that um, you you collaborated with uh, with Chuck Tom with regard to well-being. How did, how 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 did that come about? Um, yeah, when we were going through it there, um, it, it, we came about that um, we realised Chuck Tom themselves were already doing a lot of um, work in the well-being area there for employers. Um, there's a, a difference between us. We're we're not uh, providing counselling or any support along that line. They're not writing the software, uh, so we saw it as a very good um, mix. Uh, or I suppose very good match between ourselves and themselves that uh, they will go in provide uh, workshops, support, etc. There, but then the, the facility that I mind client can be left uh, with the employer on an ongoing basis then for the employees to um, it was uh, to provide feedback and get support directly from their employers so it's a, a kind of a good um, uh, um, marriage of two yeah, <laughs> organisations that we can hear to uh, that we're seeing so that's uh, we're excited about that makes a huge amount of sense then finally Brian you know there are do, do you have any new products coming in the pipeline and or and how do you see your, your business developing over the coming years um, one product that we are working with um, again, it's in the uh, the was a care counselling area. There is with one of the universities in Ireland um, uh, for um, providing counselling services uh, to uh, to to the students there. So um, there are a few organisations providing that, but um, the Higher Education Authority in Ireland have uh, it was actually a tender last year that we were successful. So we're working with one university at the moment with the hope of rolling that out to other universities and other organisations. Um, but uh, certainly, I suppose the uh, the, the with the the, the require the, the requests from that clients uh, coming in is what will uh, continue to drive our uh, future direction. So keep keep the customers happy and uh, the company keeps going. Well, look, Brian, thank you very much for talking talking to me today. Can I wish you and your staff and minded client every success in the future? And congratulations on your new um, product, which is well being by minded client. And I wish you every success over the coming years. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Colin. That was Brian Kelly, CEO of Mind the Client, who spoke to me earlier this week. 
KCLR, the bottom line. With thanks to the Carlo and Kilkenny local enterprise offices for business financial supports and mentoring services. For more information, see localenterprise.ie. Now, to review the business of St. Patrick's Day, John Hurley, CEO of Kilkenny Chamber of Commerce, and Rowena Dooley, who's Vice President of County Carlow Chamber of Commerce, join me on the line. You're both very welcome. Thank you, Colin. Hi, Colin. How are you? Thank you, Rowena and John. Thanks for being here. John, if I could start with you. Uh, A gentleman called Gabe Sadlier, who regularly reports on CNN and Fox, broadcast live from Kilkenny to 28 million viewers across the US last Thursday, and he told them that Kilkenny is the best place in Ireland to visit outside of Dublin. That's the sort a promotion that money can't buy, right? Seriously, you just couldn't pay for it. You couldn't. Uh, it, it was fantastic. And uh, I, I don't think he had to pretend. I mean, he totally believed what he was saying because there was so much going on in Kilkenny over the weekend uh, between St. Patrick's Day itself and then turning it into a St. Patrick's Festival for the whole weekend. Um, and then on top of that, we had Trad Fest as well. And of course, Mother's Day. You can't forget that happened on Sunday as well. So there was so much going on. Um, that it really was a, a tremendous um, a tremendous weekend in, in, in Kilkenny. Yeah, fantastic. And Rowena, you were involved with this year's St. Patrick's Day Parade and Festival in Carlow. In spite of the weather, were you happy with the footfall? Oh, we were delighted. Delighted from from so many uh, perspectives, uh, Colin. Uh, the people who have turned out, despite the showery weather, but also the, the participation from so many different groups to bring it to what has ended up being just a phenomenal event with the family festival in the afternoon and our parade, the first one since 2019. It's fantastic. And was there a lot of entertainment in, evening, evening, in, in the evening economy, Rowena? There was, yeah. People stayed around. What we had after our parade was a family fun festival in our um, in the potato market. We also opened up the Carlo Exchange, so there was lots of family entertainment, live music, bouncy castles, and all the festival street artists, street entertainers. But a lot of people stayed in town then for tea afterwards and uh, socialised well into the evening. And of course, the rugby on Saturday really was another event that really brought their celebrations to an all-time high all weekend. Yeah, fantastic. And what has the feedback been, Rowena, from the local retail and hospitality businesses? Excellent. Uh, our five hotels are at full occupancy over the weekend. And not only did people just come for Patrick's Day, they tended to all nearly stay for the three nights. Uh, restaurants were full, bars were back with a great buzz around them. And uh, it filtered over into, you know, our, our, our other activities and other businesses and had a great, a great ripple effect. Yeah, no, I was working myself over the weekend in Kilkenny, so it was great to get a sense of what was going on in Carlow as well. One thing of note when I was looking through the programme um, with regard to your St. Patrick's Day parade, there was a section set aside for, for, for people that had sensory needs. I thought that was very interesting. Yes, it was a new initiative we took on this year, and I have to say it worked very well for us. It's just a section along the parade that we asked all the parade participants to just remain silent, stop blowing horns or whistles or sirens, just to give everybody um, a pleasant experience while they're at the at the parade. And uh, it worked very well for us. It was just one area, but um, it, it, it worked very well, and uh, mm-hmm. we were delighted. Also, of course, we were celebrating uh, Carlo's status as a university town. 
and our Grand Marshal was uh, the SETU Professor Veronica Campbell. She led out the parade for us. So that was another reason we were on top form celebrating. Well, maybe in a few years, Kilkenny will have uh, will have Miss Campbell as their as the Grand Marshal when we have our own our own <laughs> campus here. John, um, there was an estimated twenty thousand people lining the streets of Kilkenny last Friday, and you meant you already mentioned Tradfest as well all weekend. What has been the feedback in Kilkenny from local businesses? Yeah, well, it really was. It has been very positive. Now, in fairness, um, um, what actually happened over the weekend, all of the events and all of the uh, attractions that were um, there for everybody to enjoy didn't just happen by themselves, but there was a great effort put into uh, putting together the actual parade, uh, the actual uh, Tradfest festival itself as well. Um, Stockton's Wing there was the the leading act and uh, was sold out, as were most of the other acts were completely sold out as well, um, which is a, a tremendous tremendous um, accolade for, for the organisers there, um, Marion Flannery being the, the festival organiser and that. Uh, and then the, the parade itself, like there was 1,500 people participating in it. So it really was a, a day for everybody. Business feedback has been extremely positive um, because it, it was all that they expected it would be. We all knew it was going to be Patrick's Day. We knew there was going to be festival activity going on. Um, and then there was rugby then on top of that. Um, and not only was there the Ireland-England match, but there was also a Welsh match and there was Welsh people around for that. Uh, so it all, one thing just steamrolled on to the next. Uh, it was really, really a tremendous occasion. Yeah, there was an incredible amount of international visitors around Kilkenny, John. And, you know, even even though it's a week ago, still seeing the Ferris wheel up and, and all the, you know, the bunting still around. There's, there's still quite a, a festival feeling to Kilkenny at the moment, isn't there? There is. There is there's, there's a party atmosphere there and and we have got the feedback directly from the... There was a very international flair to um, the, the people that were there. There was people from France and from all, every country across Europe um, happened to be there on their holidays and so on. And they were blown away by uh, the international flair of the actual event. That It wasn't just, uh, you know, a very local thing. It was a quality event. Um, we had the mayors of our twin towns, Malbork in Poland and Maurice Urloing in, um, in France. Um, and also, I believe, uh, Falta Ireland had a group of international tourism buyers uh, in Kilkenny as well for that weekend. So they, they went away absolutely talking up Kilkenny. Uh, we'll get the benefit of that over the coming years when they go back home telling people about what's going on in Kilkenny and it's a real place, a destination to, to go to. No doubt. Um, you're listening to The Bottom Line on KCLR with Colin O'Hearn. We've got to take a quick break, but stay with us and we'll be right back. The Bottom Line on KCLR. With thanks to the Carlo and Kilkenny Local Enterprise Offices for business financial supports and mentoring services. For more information, see localenterprise.ie. You're welcome back to The Bottom Line. I'm still with Rowena, Rowena Dooley and John Hurley. Rowena, if I could ask you, now that the dust has settled on last weekend uh, for another year, what are the upcoming events and festivals in Carlo? Uh, we've quite a few coming up, actually, Colin. Uh, the big one being and the most uh, one coming up soonest is in, in April, from the 11th of April to the 16th of April, we'll have our Pan-Celtic International Festival held in Carlow. So we're really looking forward to that, and we expect thousands of people to come in, of international visitors and a lot of local people coming out and people from around the country to celebrate all our cultural links with our Scottish, Welsh, uh, Cornwall and Isle of Man uh, visitors. Yeah, I, I, I saw the programme uh, of that and there's a huge amount of stuff on um, throughout the course of, uh, of, of a week, you know, in terms yeah. of music, club nights, dance, everything. 
dancing yeah it's really it's going to be fantastic and sharing culture and language and again hopefully the weather will be sympathetic to us by april and uh, there's lots of events for uh, family fun events out on the on the streets of the parade lots but mainly driven by our celtic culture with the singing dancing and uh, language celebrations that sounds fantastic and rowena does lastly does county carlo chamber have any upcoming events and seminars that you want to tell us about uh, we have a number of events going on, but the most recent coming up will be um, a, a, an event we're hosting in conjunction with UPMC and Carlo Mental Health Association. It's just, it's called the Say Hello. And it's literally a check-in um, in UPMC where we talk about health and well-being and resilience in the workplace. And of course, the relationship between physical and mental health and how it can help us all. That's just one that's coming up, but lots of events over the year. Yeah. You know yourself, Colin, we have to keep a busy schedule. Absolutely. And that one sounds particularly interesting and there seems to be yeah. it seems to be a theme running through. Thank you, Rowena. And John, with regard to Kilkenny Chamber, can you tell us about any events that are coming up over the coming weeks? Yeah, sure. We have, um, uh, as uh, Rowena said, similarly, uh, a, a key part of what the Chamber does is uh, running regular events to enable its members and people of the business community to kind of get together uh, who would, wouldn't otherwise get a chance to meet up. So we have uh, what we call our Chamber Chat once a month, every month, the last Thursday of the month. So that is coming up now next week uh, on the 30th of March. That's the last Thursday of March in the Ormond Hotel. And uh, we'll be inviting everybody. It's uh, free event for our chamber members and our guests so it's open to everybody really and we'll be looking at um, the education providers uh, to the business world uh, and bringing business people and the education providers into the same space so that they can have a conversation about what's available currently from SETU from the ETB from Skillnets and so on for businesses so that you know they can help retain and train their staff uh, and have a training program in place in their workplace for staff so that you know they not only have a job but that they have a career which continually keeps building. So we're working in conjunction with the Southeast Regional Skills Forum to produce that and it promises to be a great event. So that's next Thursday at 6pm in the Orange Hotel. And there's quite a line-up of speakers of that too, John. We have indeed. Uh, as I say, we have uh, people from the uh, Skillnet, from the ETB and from the SETU um, basically outlining this is what we currently provide in terms of the various different uh, types of courses that are available. Um, but we're also opening open to talking to businesses and asking you, and that's what it's about, asking you what do you want, what is missing, or what version, a different version of what we currently have would you like us to produce. So it really is kind of a, an open uh, opportunity for the business community to engage with the education providers because like at the end of the day we're all talking about it the difficulty uh, in obtaining and retaining talented staff that's great John it doesn't matter what sector it's a big issue and this is going to be a key thing to help them thank you very much John John and Rowena thank you both so much for joining me this evening that was Rowena Dooley Vice President of County Carlow Chamber of Commerce and John Hurley CEO of Kilkenny Chamber of Commerce before we finish some positive local business news the Leinster Restaurant Awards were announced on Tuesday night with the big winners in Carlow being Sharo Bistro Bistro Chuck Dalman, the Railway House Ewing's Bar and Paula Layden of the 
the Goodley Barrow. In Kenny Campania, the left bank clears bar are on and Mag Kerwin of Goatsbridge Trouts Farm took home the awards on a great night for the region. Congratulations to them all. And in a busy award season, there was lots of regional winners at the annual Hair, Beauty and Style Awards held in Hotel Kenny recently. Best overall beauty salon went to Extreme Hair and Beauty in Ballyragget. And best overall hair salon went to Crown Hair and Beauty on Ormond Street in Kilkenny. Congratulations to winners. Well, that's all we've got time for on The Bottom Line this week. Remember, you can email the show all week on the bottom line at kclr96fm.com. And if you have a positive business story, we'd love to share it with our listeners. As always, you can listen back to the show or any other episode of The Bottom Line. Just search for The Bottom Line on KCLR on the Apple Store, Google Play or Spotify. A huge thank you to all my guests this week, Morwenna Cunningham, Ray Shocknessy, Brian Kelly, Rowena Dooley and John Hurley. Thanks to Deirdre Drummy for producing, Etna Quirk for lining everything up this evening and Martin Bridgman on sound. All that's left me to say is that it's been a privilege to present this show for the last few weeks. A huge thanks to all of the amazing team at KCLR for their encouragement and advice. John Purcell will be back in the chair next week. Thank you for listening and for your company over the last three weeks. Have a great evening. The Bottom Line on KCLR. With thanks to the Carlo and Kilkenny Local Enterprise Offices for business, financial supports and mentoring services. For more information, see localenterprise.ie.